Prayer Life USA, first of all, began in 2013. This was in uh, some issues that had been raised in the uh, Boy Scouts, and so some Christian leaders decided to maybe start a new program, and they called it Trail Life USA, and this is Christian-based. There are over 26,000 members in the Trail Life program. Of course, our troop will be adding to that number as well. Um, there's over 800 troops in America right now, and they're in all 50 states. So how this looks on the big map is like this. So this is only six years old. It started in 2013, but you can see it slowly growing and expanding. Now, our troop is right here. You can see that there is a pre-charter troop here in Mattoon. Then there's our troop. There's one in Danville. There's one near Peoria and Bloomington. And there's a couple up north. Um, we're one of like 12 troops here in Illinois for the first time, though it is starting to grow here. And it's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot involved to get into trail life. First of all, uh, let me have all my leaders stand up just for a minute. Uh, we're missing one this morning. We're missing Vince. Uh, Vince couldn't be here this morning, but he'll be here tonight. Uh, every one of these leaders right here had to pass a criminal background check. That was number one. They had to pass child safety classes. That was number two. And number three, they had to have a willingness to work with kids. So that's... Uh, Thank you, that's good. that's good. And I was surprised all y'all got your uniforms on time. Um, the actual troop will start in October. Tonight's a, a, uh, the open house, like I said. Um, but the mission of Trail Life, and uh, they have mission, they have core values, but I thought to bring out the missions this morning. Their mission is to guide a generation of courageous young men to honor God, to lead with integrity, serve others, and experience outdoor adventure. There's a lot of things I like about this program, but one of the big things that I like about it is it's Christ-centered. And, uh, you know, that's tough in these days to have a Christ-centered program, but we've been having a lot of feedback on it, so we're hopeful. The Trail Life motto is walk worthy. So on three... Pretend you are all kids. We're going to say walk worthy on three. One, two, three. Walk worthy. There you go. This is based on Colossians 1.10. And that's where I'll pick up our text today. Um, now the Apostle Paul is writing this about the same time he wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he says... He says this, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. No text lives in isolation, so what went before it really dictates what this text is. Now what went before it is this, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, 
in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that. So Trail Life USA decided, and this is a pretty good text, um, it speaks generally. It applies to all Christians, and I think it would apply uh, specifically in helping kids become fully committed followers of Christ. So what we're going to look at today is live worthy of Christ. And he looks at the behavior first. He says, so walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk is periparto, which means behavior. So the issue here, when he says to walk, the issue is connected to our behavior. How are believers supposed to act? In what manner are we supposed to live our lives? And uh, he's going to fill this in for us, but it is sufficient to say that we are to behave in a manner, and that word, oxasis, which means valuable or honorable. So that means to behave in a manner that is honorable. There are so many times in our Christian lives so many times in our Christian lives when our conduct doesn't really match who we are. And Philippians says this, Philippians 1.27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Our behavior matters. How we live our Christian life does matter to a world that is in darkness. The moment that we tell people that we are Christians, we are on a stage. I'm on a stage up here this morning, but when we talk about being believers, immediately people begin to assess our lives. You do know that, right? Uh, that happens a lot. They are What they're looking for is ways to trip you up and to trip me up the moment that we say that we're believers. They are looking for something to stick on you and me. So the more that we live for Christ, the more that we walk worthy of the Lord, the more that our behavior matches the emphasis of the Christian faith, the more we have an influence on a culture that desperately needs to know what it means and what it looks like to live for Christ. Our behavior does matter. If you have a person that says, I'm a Christian, and yet you see them over here off to the side, living in ways that are anti-Christian, that actually brings a mark on the gospel and makes it difficult for other Christians who may come behind and say, you know what, I'm a believer. I don't know what that person's doing. In fact, I would probably go to that person and say, please, for the sake of the gospel, start living like a Christian. This happened to me time and time again. It doesn't happen now so much because I'm a pastor, unfortunately. But when I was a young believer, I could, now I go back and I, and I look at how many eyes were on me in the army. And as I go back through my memory bank, I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of times people came to me and asked me questions privately about the gospel. That was not because of any, well, I mean, I was trying to live for Christ. I didn't always do it perfectly, but at least they knew I was a believer. And I even got some 
kickback from my superiors about my Christian faith. But the fact is, our behavior does matter. How we live our Christian lives really does matter. Are we living, are we living honorably before a world that is lost? And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Actually, the entire book of Colossians could be summarized this way. The supremacy of Christ. Whether we like it or not, we are to bring the supremacy of Christ to a world that is in darkness. And so our behavior does matter. Um, Secondly, he mentions here the Lord. So we have our our behavior live in a manner worthy of the Lord. This word Lord is kudios. And it means the one who commands, the one supreme ruler. I love the moon. Many of you follow me on Facebook. You see I post pictures of the moon all the time. But Jesus Christ is Lord over all. He was there from the beginning. He was there at the creation of the world. For by him and through him were all things created. He is the creator, co-creator with God and the Holy Spirit. He is the one that created all of this. That is who we are connected to. We are not just connected to First Baptist Church. This is our home. I, I get that as physical home right here. But we have a spiritual home that we're connected to. We are connected to the Lord Jesus Christ the creator of all, the sustainer of life, at his sound of his voice, everything could end. But by the grace of God, it has not. That we're to live worthy of Christ, who is over all and Lord of all. This is a good, this is a good reminder. John 1, 12 and 13 To all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Every one of us that have trusted in Jesus Christ, we have been born of God, not by this world, but by the one who went to the cross to pay for our sins and died for us. And by that very fact, by that very fact, we are connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a good reminder, not only for us adults, but for kids. And I, I want to think about kids for a minute. Kids in the public school system are struggling with the stuff that's coming out of the public school system. And I know our governor just put in new laws about certain aspects of uh, relationships. Our kids are being bombarded. There is no better time to start a trail life troop than this era to have kids that will stand firm and live for Christ in a world that is Christless. And it's getting worse every day. And so we need to be able to help our kids who are connected to the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ by way of the cross, by faith, to live in this world. And, you know, here's, here's something else that's pretty important. Kids emulate what they see. 
if they don't see mom and dad living it, taking them to all the Bible classes in the world, not going to make a big difference. It may, God can use it, I, I understand that. But when mom and dad are not living for Christ, it makes it difficult for the kids to want to live it too. So, you know, I was talking with them before this, and I said, you know, when we had our girls, we just told them church was not an option. Um, we just, and basically for me, it wasn't an option either. So, I mean, this was before I was a pastor. This was well before I was a pastor. I just decided from my pastor that taught me, I was just going to draw a box, and I was going to say these are non-negotiables. Church attendance, doing things like that. We went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. But also to show our girls what it looks like to live for Christ. You know, kids will emulate what they see their parents doing. And this is one thing about this Trail Life USA program that I like. Men are having to get involved in the lives of kids. So pray, so pray for that. Okay. In order to please him. And he starts here by bearing fruit. Now notice he says, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Arishkeia, which means to find favor. So fully pleasing means to find favor to him. Fully pleasing to him. Who is him? Him is God. Him is kudios. Him is the Lord. I like what Richard Melnick said in his commentary about this. One of my favorite theologians. This need not be contained to evangelism, though it cannot be excluded. It refers also to the fruit of the Spirit in a Christian's life, which at times is called fruit-bearing. The suggestion is that those who know the will of God will be successful in their Christian activities. So if you're living for Christ and you're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, the idea is that you will bear fruit. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes. How many of you have lived your Christian life perfectly? Show of hands. Oh, good. That's everybody, right? That's everybody. How many of you are seeking with all of your heart to live your Christian life? Yeah. And you know what? Here's, here's the bottom line. You're not always going to do it right. That's why God has this amazing gift called grace. And why he gives us the ability to even in our midst of making mis mistakes for living for him, to take those mistakes and use them in the master's plan. So he says here, fully pleasing him. In fact, that's the goal of the Christian life. To live in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. If, if, if you and I will take time this, this week and say, you know what, Lord? I want to please you with my life. You would be amazed. You would be amazed at how God speaks to you through the week. Just say, Lord, I want to please you with my life. I want to 
make you happy, if you will. I want you to smile on me. In fact, particularly with young boys, sometimes young boys make mistakes and they're looking to their fathers to show a little grace, which is the characteristic of the Heavenly Father. But ultimately, these boys are looking to us as role models. And as they look to us, you know what most children what most children want? I was a child, so I'm qualified to talk about it. You know what most children want? They want the approval of their dad. Isn't that right? And unless they're really hard headed. Most children want to know that their dad is happy with them. So if you think about it in that context, shouldn't our Christian life be to please our Heavenly Father? To live for Him? To say, Lord, I want to please you. I know that you saved me. Just think about that for a second. He saved us. He went to the cross, paid for our sin, so that we could, by faith, be brought into His family. I think tweaking, I think tweaking a little bit. Say this week, when you leave here tomorrow morning, when your feet hit the floor for the first time, just think, Lord, I want my life to please you. See how your day goes. Because with that as the foundation for the day, you will live your life in in such a way as to try to please him. So the question is, how do we please him with our lives? The Apostle Paul quickly adds, bearing fruit in every good work. Now this is pretty easy, bearing fruits. Uh, We see this in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now here's, here's, the, here's the thing. If you were to take a 3 by 5 card, just put it in your pocket, and rehearse these day by day, you could look for opportunities where you can share that God is love. You can show the word, world your joy. You, you can try to bring peace to a, to a situation. Let the Holy Spirit work through you to produce the fruit necessary for those who desire to please God. See, this, this, is, an, this is a concept, that, and I'm, I'm, I'm fearful in some 29 years of pastoral ministry. Sometimes I make it sound like, and pastors make it sound like, well, you get saved and you're always saved. True. When you trust in Christ, you are saved. But what we do a poor job at is telling people, now that you've trusted in Christ, live for him. The Christian walk is a daily battle to please God. I get it. I know it. We all go through it. But to focus on... On all of these, gentleness. In, 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 in times when you could be rude or angry, just be gentle. 
Show self-control. Be faithful. Be good. Those types of things. Most of you already know how to do this. I know that. Most of you already know how to do this, but it's good to be reminded of it. Pleasing him in every good work. That's a task. So you start your Christian life at the foot of the cross, and then the rest of your Christian life is lived trying to become more like the one who saved you. And that means doing all the things that God calls us to do, to forgive, to love, to help others, to do good, even to those who are unbelievers and do not like us. That we live our Christian lives to please God, bearing fruit. Just take that list. Put it in a three-by-five card. Stick it in your pocket or in your purse. Uh, I remember when Tawana was here. Many of you remember Tawana. She showed me one day in her purse. She had like 1,500 uh, three-by-five cards. That girl was really into the scripture, I tell you. She had all these three-by-five cards, and she just memorized them. Actually, she knew more scriptures than I did doing it that way. <laughs> but, yeah, just take, just take a three-by-five card. Just a three-by-five card. And then lastly, gaining knowledge. So you're bearing fruit. And this is, this is one thing that we want to teach the kids in our program is that they are to bear fruit for God. And we're doing that in a, in a, in a fun way. But you also have to learn. You have to gain knowledge. And increasing in the knowledge of God. The word increasing means to grow. The knowledge means the knowledge of God. Theos, which is the supreme ruler. There's a lot of ways you can gain knowledge. Uh, this is the University of Illinois, which is about seven miles down the road. Great institution of learning. Don't have any problem with colleges to a certain degree, but this is secular humanity. There's a certain knowledge here that is helpful for daily life and for doing jobs and stuff like that, but then there's a knowledge gained here that is troublesome, that it goes against a lot of our Christian values and core values. Again, let me say this, let me stress this, I am not against secular universities. But what I am concerned about within the framework of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, uh, the non-Christian universities is the secularization that is being pushed into the universities in ways in which are not productive or compatible with the Christian faith. I was lucky. I went to Bible college. Uh, it might shock you, but there was even unbelievers in the Bible college. I was shocked by that. I actually witnessed to a student one day. Um, uh, of course, I went to seminary, went over to Lincoln. Uh, so I was surrounded by a lot of Christians. So it was pretty nice in my case because I had all these Christians around me. So I don't know what it's like to attend a secular college, but I know what it's like from what I hear. This is one knowledge that you can gain, but Paul here specifically says grow in the knowledge of theos in the knowledge of god and the best way to do that is to get in here that's the best way to do it how many of you read your bibles last week 
You don't have to, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want to put anybody in the spot. That I also want to make sure you're, you're awake. So that's good. Um, how many of you read your Bible? Don't, don't have no hands. At least once a day. How many of you read? How many of you read it at least two times during the week? How many of you didn't read it at all this week? You see, the thing is, it is impossible to bear fruit for God if you are not looking at the seed. The seed is the word of God. And that's how you produce fruit. And that's how when you read, you go, oh, God says this. Oh, God says this. I didn't know God said that about that. Hmm. God wants me to do this in spite of the fact that they were mean to me. Okay. Wow. God says that. That's where you begin to understand what it means to live the Christian life. I want to encourage you this week. Um, I want to encourage you this, this, this week to get in the Word. Just take a chapter, sit down, read it. Um, even if you can only read five verses a day, uh, you can probably go through a chapter in a week. But, you know, the best way is many of you drive to work. Just get you a CD with the New Testament, slide it in. Do you know how many scriptures you can go through in that short a period of time? Quite a bit. If 20-minute drive to work, uh, just set it in. See, this, this is the thing. Whatever you put in your body, spiritually, will show itself in fruit in your life. So, here's the thing. The more you have the world coming in, the more you will have the world going out. 